Good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Daily Draft Report. It's your daily dose of prospect information for the 2023 NFL Draft. Today's, today's prospect, Jordan Battle, safety for Alabama. He was a senior, six foot one, 209 pounds. And to bring on my guest, I'm happy to talk to this guy again, John Vogel from the NFL Draft Bible. How you doing, John? Uh, not bad, man. Not bad at all. Um, just kicking back, enjoying it, kicking things, kicking it down the road, hitting these, hitting these <laughs> games and these pro days. It's been great, man. It's been awesome this year. Oh yeah, it's been a fun process. I think I'm ready for the draft, <laughs> to say the least. I'm yeah, we got another month left of pointless debating on Twitter and people yelling <laughs> at each other. It's gonna be great. Oh come on, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, who do we hate today? Who do we? Yeah, uh, I think Levis. Like, Levis is the guy we hate today. We hate Will Levis. Spin the wheel. Yep. All right, <laughs> all right. Player profile for Jordan Battle. He is a Fort Lauderdale native and who was a top 100 overall recruit, four star in the class of 2019, 42nd ranked overall player. Originally committed to Ohio State, but flipped to Alabama after Urban Meyer left Columbus. Feels like Urban Meyer left Columbus seven years, seven, seven to ten years ago to me, but it was only four years ago. That's crazy. Uh, Battle started four of 13 contests as a true freshman, had 30 tackles and an interception. In the 2020 season, he started 12 of 13 games, 66 tackles, one interception that returned for a touchdown, four pass breakups. 2021, he got third-team AP All-American, first-team All-SEC, recording 84 tackles, tying for the team lead with three interceptions, and second in the FBS with two of those interceptions returned for a score. He also added three pass breakups. And then in 2022, he was a third-team AP All-American, first-team All-Conference pick after logging 71 tackles and interception, two pass breakups in 13 games. All of them starts. And as far as the combine process, it's been okay. Uh, he's got a RAS score of 5.78. Uh, we like the 4.5540 yard dash with a 10 yard split showing pretty good acceleration, but all the rest of them we probably wish he could forget. Uh, shuttle <laughs> 4.37, not good for a guy of his fluidity, supposedly. Uh, three cone of 7.31 is also pretty bad. 2.26 RAS score, give you an idea how bad it is. And the vert of 29.5, <laughs> less than one, well, less than one on the RAS score. Horrible, horrible numbers and a 9-6 broad jump. So, yeah, let's get the bat out of the way. What's the good? John, what do you see in, in battle? What do you think you have? What does he have that will make him successful in the NFL? Yeah, so I actually had him as – he kind of graded out as like a, a second – like a third, fourth round, basically. Third, fourth mm -hmm. round range. Um, so it's a 78.5 grade, which means that there's not a lot of spots where this guy's going to make an immediate impact, at least as a strong safety in the NFL. The good – I mean, I thought he was pretty instinctive, you know, for the most part. I thought that he covered really well in zone. Um, he's got the ability to play physical man coverage as well. Didn't see him do it a lot, obviously, because that's just the role that they play in. in. The Alabama offense, I mean, the Alabama defense, they don't have to do that as much. Um, but he's he's got strength, too. You know, that's the other thing. For, his, for the safety position, he's pretty darn stout. Uh, definitely has a brute type, you know, impact as a tackler. Uh, he wants to light people up. He, uh, I thought he had really good speed. The four-five-five kind of says it's it's good. It's not great, but I thought that he had really good speed on tape and he moved really well. He was fluid. Now that's the thing is the the testing that were the numbers that are reported from his pro day. Uh, he didn't do a lot of stuff at the combine. Suggests that <laughs> this guy's a defensive tackle, not a safety. And that's that's kind of – that is a little concerning, right? I think that we've seen guys in the past, the last couple of years, 
that come to mind. Uh, I believe there was a safety out of Syracuse a couple of years ago, and maybe a safety out of Pitt. They were both very highly regarded in the pre, like you know, during the college football season. The safeties got went through testing and tested abysmally, and ended up ultimately either not getting drafted or getting drafted late. So does this push him down the board? I don't know. Uh, I do know that he's got 44 career starts, Alabama, in the last four years. Most of those being in the last three, he started four as part of a rotation in 2019. And then I think there's still some upside to his game. You know, that's kind of the thing is he could continue to get stronger. That's It's really going to be about learning yeah. how to recognize things, making sure that he got his, in, his instincts in check. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I like – I think there's some good stuff here to work with, so. Yeah, definitely at six foot one, two hundred six. I think you wanted to see a lot better numbers. That because on tape you did see a little bit of a guy who could had. I thought he had pretty decent range. Um, you know, covered. He made plays sideline to sideline. You, you definitely saw he closed quick, like you mentioned. Definitely loves to tackle people. Not afraid to square up mm-hmm. and smack somebody, which is for his size. I thought was pretty good. Um, I definitely think he played better. You know, ten, twelve yards away from the line. You know, kind of diagnosing plays as they happened. Um, jumping routes, you know, he had, what, three interceptions returned for a touchdown. That's pretty crazy in college. So you see a lot of things, like you said, um, kind of makes me indicate maybe he's more of a free safety, but we'll talk a little bit more of that when we get into the roles things. So we kind of touched a little bit on things we didn't like. What what else do you see you think that could hold him back? So, so he's not a great blitzer, you know. No, and, definitely not. I mean, yeah. I mean like – it, it was bad enough to where they, they just didn't send him in 2022. You know, they didn't right. even really try. Uh, so that's kind of a concern because Saban and that defense, they always like to bring pressure from a lot of different areas and utilize their guys in a lot of different ways. And so when you're pulled out of that role and almost exclusively, that that says a lot about where you're kind of at. Now, the other thing I think that he could definitely get a little bit better at, maybe these workout numbers are just workout numbers. You know, yeah, maybe this play. is a thing where he doesn't he doesn't work on those as much and, you know, wants to go back to the tape. That's the thing that's kind of funny about the modern day, you know, of the way that we look at this with, with coaching, uh, with trainers. Trainers make so much money uh, training these guys, getting them ready for the draft. They get them for seven, eight, sometimes nine weeks before the combine, just going over combine drills and this and that, da, da, da. That has nothing to do with football, right? Outside of these are just testing numbers that we do. It's kind of become a, a routine, a habit, I guess you could say. It's part of the process. And I think that there's a lot of guys, they work on getting that technique down. And they go out there and they test really, really well because you can shave time off or perform better with proper technique. And so once you get that down, you spend nine weeks working on that you're going to test well, regardless of what your tape looked like. I wonder if he's one of the guys that took the approach on this and kind of said, eh, I don't really care about the vertical or the broad jump or the three cone or any of that. I just want to, I play ball. Like that's my thing. And so, because honestly, there's not a lot that stands out on tape to me about him that I kind of sit there and go, mm, I don't know about that guy, you know? Yeah. See, I tried to get that across to my high school coaches too. I'm like, I can be a quarterback and they would stick me on offensive line. And I'm like, <laughs> if you just put me in the game, I'll be better. I promise. You know, but it did never work. So, 
<laughs> Damn it. Damn you, Coach Vanderhoff. Anyways. Well, uh, <laughs> different era right there is what that oh, is. Oh, no but. kidding. Yeah, the same things were things that I noticed that, yeah, I wonder if he just didn't take it seriously because there's a lot of tech to it. Um, <clears throat> as far as things that things that he could work on, you know, as consistently as tackles, as consistency as a tackler. There were times he took bad angles, things like that. And then like you mentioned the man-to-man coverage. He doesn't have that snappiness, you know, to on those short to intermediate routes, the the things that the slot receivers can do these days with their movement. I mean, he, he just can't hang with them. You know, it's just not something mm-hmm. that's going to be a strength for him. So that leads me to where do you think he could fit in the NFL? Where is it? Where are they going to put him at? You got to get into a cover two scheme, heavy cover two scheme, I think. And right now you kind of have that nickel defender that you're going to drop into coverage. You're going to want him to fill run gaps right. and, and kind of play. Like, I think the term that's used is rover. I like him there. Honestly, I really do. I think that if you keep him closer to the box, you're not going to be as worried about his lack of explosion that on the testing, which I thought was fine on tape. But, you know, the testing numbers, they do. I guess they really do still have a little bit of credence in the NFL right? in terms of when you're debating these guys and figuring out who you're going to take over that. But to me, it, I would like him in the box. I'd like him in a cover two schemes. So let's take Seattle, Dan Quinn, that type of defensive style. And – you know, where I can I can kind of rotate him back if I have to into deep coverage. Maybe if I'm showing two and I drop into three, I'm going to drop him out of the box and get him to play deep middle. Or maybe I'm going to go, you know, with, hey, I need another run defender. We got a, a guy that, you know, he's going to push to the corner. That is a good point that you said about the pursuit angles because uh, he tends to under pursue at times, which is which is not great. But um, he's the range is there. And, and, you know, he made some tackles the last couple of years to save some really big plays in space. So I thought the space defending was decent as well. But, um, yeah, that, I think that for him, it's really going to be you, – you might not get a straight shot at going deep and playing deep coverage. But if you can build that role inside as the nickel, you're going to have a long, successful career. Right. I'm a, I'm a little worried that he's close to his ceiling. Um, which scares me a little bit too, because I remember going into this season thinking he was my my safety one going into the season. Like mm-hmm. I absolutely love his tape from his sophomore and junior years. Then this year, I don't I don't know. It just I felt like Branch was doing everything that he had done the years before, and I, I don't know. So I kind of worry a little bit. Um, you mentioned a couple good fits, and then as far as draft capital, I mean, pretty much he's being projected right now based the on the NFL mock draft database, third round. You know, there's not really a consensus. When you go into the third, fourth round, there's really not a team that sticks out, you know, in the consensus types of those. But is that any team that will put him cover to allow him to, you know, to do things that, that feed to his strengths? He can definitely hang around the NFL for a decade. I mean, he's definitely got enough there to, you, that, to like. So do you have a player comp for him? Or eh, No, I think I said this last time I was on. I <laughs> Unless it's pure and obvious. I just right. don't really – I don't have a comp that comes to mind. I don't think that there's – my personal opinion is there's not a lot of value in them because what happens – at least if yeah. I was working with a team, that would be one thing. And comps are very important working with a team, you know, because you're working with a bunch of like-minded individuals and they're trying to see where you're coming from. Whereas when you're working in the media and you try to say something about a player and, and use a comp, then people go, oh, you're saying that he's so-and-so. No, I'm not saying he's that person. I'm saying he's like <laughs> him, you know. And it's – and yeah. so – it turns into this big thing and it's just not productive on my side of things. 
No, I, I don't really. I don't think I don't have a cop. He's a he's a hard one because, like you said, there are some that are very obvious. You know, like Will Anderson. I can think of like three Will Andersons. Um, Battle. It, it's it's tough because of his the role he plays is not and not a guy who's going to pop on the stat sheet. Not a guy who's going to pop on tape sometimes, but does a lot of things better from an NFL standpoint. So. It's really hard to come up with a comp for yeah, that. Who is that? So. Who's that safety for Detroit? Will Harris, kind of similar yeah. to him, I think. Well, we Will that. Harris. Will Harris doesn't doesn't do a lot of, like you said, he doesn't really fill the stat sheet. Sometimes doesn't really pop on tape, but can do a lot of different things. And we'll, right. you know, he'll get burned, and Battle will get burned too. You know, but every once in a while, Battle's going to have that play like Kansas State where he just makes something crazy happen, and you're like, where did that come from? Yeah, and as far as ID, I mean, IDP, I'm not touching battle. I don't see any sort of productive role for him like that in fantasy. So uh, I can't remember if you played fantasy IDP or not. Uh, not really. That? <laughs> <laughs> That's, not fine. Really. That's fine. That's no, no, fine. If, if that were the case, then yeah, no, I don't think I don't think that he'd be a fantasy guy that you'd want to you, you're not gonna get, you know, a hundred tackles a year out of this guy. No. I think you're gonna get forty to fifty. And you're gonna kinda he's gonna play on the side where I don't think that the ball's gonna end up most of the time, right? And so because right. he's solid enough. He's solid yeah. enough. And he showed that that ball skills and the the returns for touchdowns, but those things are impossible to predict. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, those you can't bet on those in fantasy. So, <laughs> Jalen Hyatt. <laughs> exactly. Oh no, that was that was Demarco Helms. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, John. Thank you very much as always, man. Tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter and they can find your work, man. Yep. So everything I put up is on NFLDraftBlitz.com and at DraftVogel on Twitter. So uh, that's probably the best way to. Keep up with everything. My link tree is on my Twitter. So, Excellent. All right. Thanks, John. You can yes, find sir. me on Twitter at FFPeoplesChamp, this podcast, Daily Draft RPRT, part of the Campus to Canton podcast family. Make sure you check out all their other podcasts. Uh, thank you guys very much for listening, and go Eagles. Woo! Talk to you later. Talk to you tomorrow.